0: Florida was a shepherd dog who cared for goats. Was it in West Virginia or Georgia? Georgia. In Georgia. In Georgia. Owned by Mother Kim Jackson, uh, that was a a friend of uh, Casey's from the Absalom Jones Center in Atlanta. Florida spent so much time alone with goats, so much time out there with goats, separated. Started to think that he was one. He would gather together with the goats. He would eat with the goats, right? Behave like a goat. When he thought he was a goat, he was not super helpful as a goat shepherding dog. (laughs) So Mother Kim took him aside and through a series of rewards and special treatment she brought him back into doggy consciousness (laughs) he knew he was a dog and he could live and work as a dog dear friends we are all Wheat. We have heard this gospel story, but perhaps we were caught off guard. We are all wheat. We are all children of God, children of the eternal love that brings all things into being. We are children of the love that gives itself entirely for our sake. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to get distracted by consumerism, by the rush of daily lives, by the demands on our time and attention. We even get distracted by the very book that is there to remind us of that eternal love. Yes, the Bible is incredible. I know I'm a priest, so I'm a little bit biased, but I have seen how the stories and poetry of this ancient library can reorient us into deep relationship with one another and with the ground of all being. However, however, these ancient stories can also confuse us. Today, the gospel story is a confusing one. It's even a scary one. It seems to suggest that we are either good or bad. It implies a God that will make us suffer if we don't obey. It has bits of patriarchy, the kingdom of the Father. It has allusions to the evil one and explicitly states the devil. Overall, it does not sound great. At least, not to us. But let's take a step back and put this story in its historical context. Let's rewind 2,000 years to the time and place where Jesus told this story. Jesus is roving the countryside of Judea, of Palestine, particularly in the northern kingdom of Israel. This is an area that, has been, that is occupied and controlled by a foreign army, the Roman Empire. The Judean people are under military rule and they are heavily taxed. To make matters worse, in Jerusalem, the center of all religious life, the site to which all faithful Judeans are obligated to seek connection and atonement with the divine, in that sacred space the leadership is so corrupt that the money changers profit. They make money off of the prayers and sacrifices of the peasants. Things are not good for the people of Jesus' time. To put this in context, think of the depression. Think of people waiting in line in soup kitchens and struggling to feed their families. Think of the images you've probably seen from Venezuela of people suffering Think of coal miners and migrant farmers here in the United States who were paid in company money, actual print money that was different from US currency, like monopoly money. This is what they're given. And then they're forced to buy everything that they had at the company stores. Things were bad. For people in those circumstances, this is a story of hope. This is a story that says someday things are going to change. You will not have to suffer forever. Stick with it. All the horrors you see, all the injustice that shapes your life, everything that keeps out goodness in the world will be tossed out and burned up. Yes, some of that seems harsh us, but it only seems harsh if we think we are weeds. If we remember that we are wheat, every single one of us, every person grown or newborn as we all once were, then the story changes. The story becomes one of how do we protect the wheat? How do we honor one another and serve the common good as we say in our prayers? That is what we are called to do, to love our neighbors, to love even our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. That is what Jesus teaches in this same gospel. And that is what Jesus did in giving his own life. We don't celebrate the suffering of our neighbors. We long for all wheat to grow and contribute to the harvest you guys remember when when Osama bin Laden was killed do you remember how there were like celebrations all over the country Uh, and I I understand that for many people it was a relief to think that a source of suffering was dead I had close friends die in the trade center in 9-11 and I understand that bin Laden was not a good person, his actions maybe didn't lead to greatness, to greater compassion. But that doesn't mean it's right to celebrate his death. Whether or not it was right to kill him, the celebration dishonors life itself. It negates bin Laden's humanity and denies our interconnectedness. As John Donne famously wrote, Do not ask for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for Thee. Or as we'll all sing in a little bit, we're all in this together. Building the kingdom of God is about living into deep connection with others. We're in it together. It's about seeing the dignity of all people and acknowledging the continuity of being that extends Through us, to every tree, plant, flower, blade of grass, wheat, weed, soil, drop of water, speck of rock, planet, star, supernova, black hole, solar system, galaxy. Every little bit of this ever-expanding universe, both now and forever. Before and to come. Eternity. We are children of eternity. Children. God. So what does that mean? What does, it, what does it look like to act like children of God? To stop acting like goats? To cut out the weeds? Not people, but the things that hurt people. The things that divide us from one another. Because, like it or not, our actions affect others. What we do Matters. In today's parable the children of God are wheat and wheat is food it nourishes and it is consumed but in being consumed it serves others. Sound familiar? Jesus death, resurrection, Eucharist? Weeds on the other hand serve no nutritional value at least not in this anthropocentric parable not only do they serve no nutritional value but they also choke the wheat the story reminds us to beware the weeds to care for one another be careful with the life that surrounds you in this story and really throughout his life Jesus is not saying that you can do whatever you want and it'll be fine that's not really the Jesus way here, he warns us there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever seen someone weep? Have you seen someone gnash their teeth? I know I have. And where I've seen it most is with addiction. While working on the streets in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, I saw crack and meth addicts daily. They lined the street and smoked openly in broad daylight. For people addicted to crack and meth, societal norms and any sense of shame are gone. At that level of addiction, craving is elemental. There's no disguising it. Itches, hallucinations, twitching, nosebleeds, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Addiction is destructive. It destroys families, it destroys finances, it deteriorates the brain, and destroys the body. No one who witnesses that level of addiction says, that's okay. You say, I wish that were gone. Toss it out. Throw it away. I wish it didn't exist. But it does exist. And in various ways, we all participate in addictions and behaviors that hurt others. Our actions affect people. They hurt people, whether it's our tacit participation in systemic racism or our con- Consumptive indifference to climate change. Our daily decisions affect the world around us. For those of us who care about justice, who care about change, about the kingdom of God, about healthy living, about the fullness of life, sometimes it feels like we are Penelope from Homer's Odyssey. You guys remember this? Homer's Odyssey reaching back to your, like, ninth grade education <laughs> to another ancient book that is convenient, that is ancient and uh, confusing, but also extraordinarily relevant. Odysseus' Odysseus's wife, Penelope, remember she's back home. Like her, it feels like we are perpetually waiting for something we have known and loved, but that might never come. Maybe you remember that Penelope spent her days weaving a death shroud for Odysseus' father. And every night, she would undo the stitching. Sometimes this justice work This kingdom of God feels like this like we weave small bits of a beautiful tapestry only to watch it undone or to undo it ourselves. It's true in our personal relationships and it's true. On a national level, and a worldwide level, the state of our country has felt like that with the destruction of environmental policies, immigration reform, but my hope is not in the president or in the government. My hope is in God. My hope is in Jesus of Nazareth. And today, Jesus speaks to our home, all of our hope, what is there, The little bits we are weaving together saying a change is going to come. Someday all this trouble will be over. I'll take away the things that have hurt people, the addiction, the oppression, the marginalization, the belittlement. I'll take away all that chokes life. And when it is done, I will show my love for you. Each and every one of you will shine and you will know God and you will love your neighbors and nothing nothing will keep you back Amen